This is Joe Castiglione, and you're listening to Not Another Sox Podcast with Matt Caval, Matt LeBeau, and Jack Webster. Can you believe it? To make those rainbows in my mind when I think of you sometime, and I want to spend some time with you, just the two of us. Noches, amigos, and welcome to episode 57 of Not Another Socks Podcast. I am here with Jack Webster and Ian Doran, and not Matt LeBeau in excused absence tonight. And fellas, Under Franco is a pedophile, sadly. Ah, oh, man, dude, you hate to see it. Wonder, I think I have a trillion Wander Franco baseball cards in the other room. I thought the world of this guy, and unfortunately, the news keeps coming out that he probably did it. He was probably in the wrong, so still a lot to be figured out. I, I hope he's innocent, right? You, you never want yeah. to catch a guy guilty of that, but uh, yeah. big yikes. Yeah, and it, it's been a kind of slow-developing story, too, because, uh, you know, it happened on Sunday afternoon when, uh, you know, just an unverified Instagram source came out and uh, you didn't know who it was or what the full context were, was of anything. It obviously looked bad, but uh, we just didn't know a lot of information. And then, you know, more and more comes out, like he's been put on the restricted list. Oh, that's bad. And then there's like an actual case against him in the Dominican Republic uh, General Attorney's Office, and they're like putting it in a special division. And then you also have like a friend saying he'll never play another game again. So uh, very obviously serious situation. Very, you know, wish it was the opposite wish. It was just all rumors uh, is not very much looking that way. Uh, but uh, yeah, we might never see this guy in MLB again. And, you know, even if it's one tenth true, like I don't see any team that could justify having them on their roster, like no matter how good the talent is. Yeah, Webb, I love that you said that. Uh, you, you said something that really resonated to me in recent years, especially with baseball players, is that um, even as the case unfolds, there's still plenty of, of information to look over. You like to believe the survivors? Yeah. Yeah, a big thing you had mentioned was uh, in regards to uh, Trevor Bauer last year. Who was who was an all star all star guy in his time, and then uh, we saw a lot go down with that. And you chose to believe the survivors, and and you're really staunch about that. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, it very clearly happened. You know, there's a lot of legal reasons why he wasn't put in jail for it, but uh, <laughs> yeah, no, no way anybody should take a chance on that. Like at the end of the day, you know, it is just a baseball game. Uh, you know, those serious acts in the real world definitely matter a lot more than <laughs> guy who throw ball good or hit ball good. Um, so, uh, you know, you, you got to put things in perspective a lot of times with that. Yeah, absolutely. And the nice thing about uh, Wander Franco being a guy who throw ball good and hit ball good is that if he's never playing baseball again, thank goodness, because Boston never has to worry about facing that guy. Which is great because Wander Franco is a star on the rise, and unfortunately now he's in trouble. Yeah, and no, he hit like 700 against Boston, always in the big moments, especially in that uh, ALDS back in uh, 28 or uh, 2021, where uh, felt like he home run, he hit a home run every single at that. So not gonna miss him at all. Um, honestly, you know, uh, 
really didn't have too much against him while he was playing. You know, I'm not going to hate a guy that just because um, they play good against us. Uh, but, yeah, no, now I do hate him. Uh, <laughs> fuck himself. Uh, you know, hopefully he rots in a Dominican jail. Uh, I think that would be very appropriate. So, um, yeah, no. Um, yeah, well, you know up. who... <laughs> you fuck around, you find out. <laughs> I guess he's finding out. You know who does hit a home run every time he comes up to bat is uh, King Casas. Tristan Casas yeah. is only hitting home runs right now. No, um, I don't think I've uh, seen a rookie in Red Sox recent years that has put together such a solid season. I mean, obviously, you know, you had Mookie Betts when he came up. Uh, he showed a lot of potential. The same with Xander Bogarts, Andrew Benatendi, those types of guys. But in terms of, like, first full season, like, he's probably actually going to get some back-end Rookie of the Year votes. It will probably be in, like, Gunnar Henderson or someone like that. But uh, he'll show up on some ballots for sure. Um, and, you know, uh, that might even help him out in service time or something. And, um I think our number one priority in the off season is also signing this guy to a goddamn extension. Yeah, God forbid Red Sox sign any player to a long term deal. Just kidding. They they got Devers. Uh, do you think Casas has a, a run at Rookie of the Year? Um, he would really have to turn it on. You know, all like I hate that the award season has kind of just turned into the wins above replacement award at this point. Mm. Like I think there's a lot to it. I mean. Like, there's no way that fucking Anthony Volpe is better than Masataki Yoshida while he's has an on-base percentage under 300. And Mas is in a slump, too. We, um, unfortunately, right now, where, you know, the numbers aren't even quite as good, definitely hurt his chances a little bit. You know, I wouldn't even say Mas is the best rookie on the Red Sox anymore. It's probably Casas. But, um, yeah, it, it would be an uphill battle uh, at this point for him to win it. But, like, if he he can hit another like ten home runs before the season's over and have thirty and hundred RBI, like that is honestly not off the table. You know, like above nine hundred OPS too. So um, if he's able to just continue what he's doing, uh, he'll be up there for sure. Yeah, especially now he's making the difference in all the games Boston is playing. He's putting up he's putting up runs, yeah. which the offense hasn't been doing. Unfortunately, the glove. Could use improvement. I'm not uh, worried about him quite yet. Um, I think he will end up being a fine first baseman. You know, might not win a gold glove out there. That's fine. But I don't think he's going to be as a little bit inconsistent as he has been this season moving forward either. So just some growing pains. He developed at the major league sometimes. He saw with the bat. And at least now uh, that's coming together. And I think the glove will come together uh, uh, as well to, you know, make him a well, a little bit more well-rounded player. Who do you think, um, on the topic of Rookie of the Year, uh, I think Costas will be in conversation, right, for sure, yeah. but who do you think in the Rookie of the Year conversation we're going to see ballots for, we're going to see votes for? Yeah, um, you probably, uh, probably Gunnar Henderson, he's going to be up there. Um, mm. Josh Young had a really good chance uh, before mm. he got injured. You might still see some ballots. Uh, Masa will still be there. Costas will still be there. Anthony Volpe might get, like, some votes based off of, like, a Yankees writer that's like, oh, yeah, like, three and a half wins above replacement. Oh, my God. And, you know, just throw him on there. But um, it, I would probably say Gunnar Henderson's the favorite right now. Like, I mean, uh, Costas is probably having a better offensive season, but he's really good defensively, too. And, um, and, you know, about 20 home runs, lots of bags as well. So 
Uh, Orioles are definitely scary moving forward. I, I don't like to think about it. <laughs> yeah, and out of nowhere, too. I didn't think the Orioles would put this team together the way that they have, but they're yeah. probably the most competitive team we're looking at in baseball right now. Yeah, yeah, or well, at least in the American League. Um, but, no, I mean, they, uh, I think everybody thought, like, next year was going to be their year. You know, when once they probably call up like Jackson Holiday and Grayson Rodriguez, who is up this year and doing well now too. But they're like, oh yeah, like they'll actually do something this next off season or finally make a trade. And none of that really quite happened. So you you looked at the pitching <laughs> staff entering the year, they're like, ah, that's bad. And then you know you didn't quite know what you're going to get out of uh, a lot of their guys there. But you know everything's clicked, um, uh, doing well. Their bullpen's unbelievable. So. Um, uh, yeah, no, um, that sucks. I thought, uh, you know, we would have a chance of being better than them. And uh, thank God, you know, uh, there is a team in their division that we are better than. Um, <laughs> yeah, thank God. The Voldemort team. Is Bayo a rookie this year? Is he considered a rookie? No, he got too many innings last season. Ah, uh, what a dink. I yeah, hate that guy. I know. Or else he would Frank probably be Bayo. there. Brian Bayo, if you're listening, which we know you are, you're always listening to this podcast, I think you should be Rookie of the Year every year. Yeah. So only listen if you're Brian Bayo right now. Yeah, I know. If you're not Brian Bayo, uh, you can fuck off. (laughs) I think that's that's how the pitching staff feels right now, right? We're getting some of our pieces back. We saw a sale come back today. We're recording this on the day. Um, that he was playing in D.C. Um, he he did, in his debut comeback, went 4.2 innings with seven strikeouts, I think, on 60 pitches, which is really fantastic. Yeah. So as, a, as our go-to baseball stats guy, um, as we're getting some of the pitching back, we know Bayo has been solid on the mound. Um, do you think the contribution from Sale, Whitlock, even even uh, Hauk coming back, do you think that makes the difference that could make up our current three-game deficit to Toronto? Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously the pitching has been been a consistent at times this year. Probably uh, Brian Bayo has been your most consistent guy, followed by, like, Cutter Crawford, <laughs> arguably. <laughs> but, and, uh, you know, we'll see some mix of uh, Cutter Crawford to the uh, – and uh, Whitlock's going to be in the bullpen uh, probably for the rest of the season and probably moving forward, too. We'll get back to that as well. But whenever you can get, you know, more pitching reinforcements and just get a guy, uh, you know, off the roster that are just kind of fucking useless, it's obviously going to improve the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we do have a tough schedule in September, which we'll get to as well, uh, which doesn't help us either. But, you know, if you're going to do it, you're going to do it with these guys. And, I mean, um there's a pr- part of the reason we didn't get a pitcher at the deadline is because we did have these guys coming back. That was kind of, mm. you know, the excuse for it all. Uh, Paxton also uh, kind of forgot about him earlier as in terms of consistency as mm. well. Uh, but, you know, it's a bit volatile. Obviously you have a lot of guys that have gotten hurt on there. Um, but, you know, if, if we're going to do it, this is the best team that we've had on the field all season, like in terms of talent uh, and depth. So it, you know, it, feels like the actual roster that we were supposed to play with entering the year, <laughs> minus uh, Adalberto Mondesi, the Mondesi that we were all looking Mondesi. for. Mondesi. Yeah. Yeah, he's invisible. He's still in yeah. Kansas City as far as we know. Yeah. 
Um, you're right, though. Paxton has had a great season. Do we extend Paxton? Uh, I think we send him a qualifying offer, uh, you know, that one year, $19 million. If he accepts it, I would love to have him back. I don't care about the luxury tax next year. Let's spend $300 million like the Mets. Because uh, <laughs> that like, went so well this year. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? But we actually have talent on our team. So, um, anyways, <laughs> what was I even saying? Uh, do we extend the rentals? Do we extend Paxton? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, he's definitely a guy. I would. I am a little worried about the health. I wouldn't give him too many years. Uh, like, if a push came to shove, I would definitely give him a second or a third year with an option or some type of stuff like that. But um, I think even if you extend the qualifying offer and he declines it and he signs with another team and you get a prospect out of it at least, that's, you know, probably just about as good as a trade. You know, I would like uh, – I, uh, I, you probably could have gotten a little bit more talent back that would help you contribute immediately, but – you know, Heim has done good in the draft, so you, you, you can turn that into something at least. So that's what pro- I, I would probably do. Um, definitely, you know, we need to get a few more pitchers in the offseason, even above Paxton or whoever else might be on the market, like uh, Yamamoto, uh, who I still mm. have a for. Happy birthday, Yamamoto. Uh, by the <laughs> way, it was his birthday the other day. Um, uh, I looked at the schedule. He's going to be spending it in Baltimore, so he might get some crab legs uh, next year while – He's in the Charm City. Um, <laughs> you're not playing for them, playing for us at, against the Orioles, though, yeah. Yeah, uh, I'll go with, yeah, we'll set a plastic table at, at Camden Yards while Yamamoto's playing the Orioles. <laughs> set yeah, up exactly. a plastic table and put our fake microphones on it and pretend that uh, we are Joe Castiglione and Jemai Webster, which you kind of are a little bit. Yeah, no, I really can't tell the difference between us, but... Uh, <laughs> uh, but the the other rentals on the team to be extended, obviously Duvall's a big one. Uh, I think I'm blanking on some of the like Mondesi, I guess, right? Um, some of the guys we have on these short term deals, maybe um, maybe Turner, right? Because he's on a short term yeah. deal, and I think it's a player option. Uh, yeah. As as a fan and a stats guy, Webb, do we extend all the rentals, or do we send offers to all the rentals, including Duvall? Uh, uh, access to Turner, access to Mondesi. Do we go yeah. after all the rentals, or who do we let go? Uh, probably not all the rentals. You hope Justin Turner um, opts into his player option because it's decent money, especially when you're older. I think he likes Boston. He has a good role here, even if he is just DHing for the rest of the season. Um, so I, I hope he comes back out of all the other rentals, um, be, just because you know. Uh, he, ends, he shows that he cares about the city of Boston. He's been able to contribute to the team, playing multiple positions, um, and he seems like a leader in the clubhouse as well. So uh, guys like Adam Duvall, you know, maybe on the right deal, but uh, he hasn't really been great since he came back off the IL, I think under 300 on base and hitting some home runs here and there. But uh, the problem with Adam Duvall, which um, kind of <laughs> defeats the whole purpose of, you know, uh, him being a righty and an all-lefty outfield is he doesn't really hit lefties too well. He's kind of a reverse <laughs> lift where he hits right-handed uh, pitchers more. But that doesn't really help us out too much right now, unfortunately. Uh, so he's a guy that, you know, I would probably potentially move on for, especially if it means, like, we're able to have a guy like St. on Rafaela or uh, Willier Abreu down in Worcester, who's uh, absolutely raking the ball right now. Um, so I, I might take, t- or, you know, take a chance on that. We have Ref Snyder coming back already too that we know. Um, 
Mondesi, make, it, it, he's probably not even going to get a major league deal. I mean, he hasn't played in two years. So if you mm-hmm. send him to a minor league deal, I don't really care. Like, but there's no harm in it. Like, uh, um, but yeah, I really don't uh, uh, see, you know, uh, quite everybody coming back, but it would be nice seeing some of the guys come back. Yeah, and in Turner's favor, he looks like he's from Boston. Have you seen yeah. that beard? You could like you could build a bird's nest in that thing. He looks like he's from Boston. <laughs> yeah, no, he he really does. Uh, he, <laughs> he he looked like he could have uh, just grown up in Southie, like just your cousin. You see him at uh, you know uh, the family reunion or something like that. So he looks yeah, literally like the guy in the stands at Sox games. <laughs> he does. <laughs> Yeah. He does. He looks like if Paul Bunyan swung a baseball bat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I totally agree with you there. I think on the right deal, I think Duvall is, is worth an extension, right, if we get him for the right price. Um, and it, it's funny that the Red Sox absolutely crush right-handed pitchers. We've seen, especially in recent weeks, that they're putting up some of their best numbers against right-handed pitchers, and they're putting up some – pretty mediocre numbers against left-handed pitchers. Um, based on your, your knowledge, your database, uh, because you're a machine, um, <laughs> who yeah. would, It's the who autism. The, yeah. Uh, just the touch. Yeah, just, just a tidbit. Yeah. Um, who are the guys that hit left-handers well? Who are the guys that hit right-handers well? And, and where do they belong in the lineup? Yeah, unfortunately, nobody's hitting left-handers right now. Uh, even Rob Snyder has been uh, struggling against him after having a lot of success this season. Really, the only guy hitting left-handers is Tristan fucking Casas. Um, who, <laughs> Who's hitting everyone. <laughs> yeah, who like has like multiple 430-foot home runs off of lefties to the opposite end of the field. Like, So I, I think, uh, you know, he's earned a spot into the everyday lineup, especially now that Turner is uh, limited at DH. You're going to see him start against lefties, but... Uh, you can handle them well. Um, against, you know, guys like Verdugo, uh, Duran, and even Yoshida have struggled against lefties this year. Uh, Yoshida's kind of in a little bit of a tailspin right now, but he'll bounce back. Not worried about any of those guys. Um, nobody's hit at shortstop. Uh, you know, Trevor Story a bit now, but uh, <laughs> nobody's hit there. Devers has been a little inconsistent this at times this year, too. Uh, he's been in a little bit of a slump as well. Uh, you've got nothing out of second base from right or left. So against right-handed pitchers, you know, uh, we are pretty good. But definitely against lefties, it definitely seems like, you know, we're missing a few pieces that uh, can really help us out. Yeah, absolutely. But Reyes did hit a big old bonk against lefty Mackenzie Gore yesterday yeah. to tie up I the game. I think he was out of the game already. Mackenzie Gore? Yeah. Are you I don't calling think me a liar? Eight. Are you calling uh, me a liar on Maine? Yeah. Oh man! Yeah, why'd you do that? Yeah, because you're lying. You uh, don't know that. Yeah, but thank God for Pablo Reyes. Oh, jeez. Uh, um, yeah, he might he might fuck around and uh, be the everyday second baseman next year at this rate. I mean, you hope it's Urias. Uh, you had a big rain slam today. Uh, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, you know, almost put us back into the game. Uh, um, Unfortunate. It's the yeah. hope that kills you, or so they yeah. say. Exactly. So that'll be interesting to kind of see going into the season. But I think Reyes is definitely under spot, at least as the utility man uh, for next year. Um, you know, he has he has a safe job, for, especially since he's still going to be cheap. 
Um, but he, he does a bit of everything. He has big Pedro Siriaco vibes, uh, from back in the 2012 season. So, uh, you know, we might have actually found something there. Yeah. I, and I almost can't believe it, right? We got Reyes for nothing from a nothing team and he's just incredible. He's just, he is a minor league journeyman and now he's playing in Boston and I see him in the everyday lineup, right? And then on the days he's not, you know, you'll see a combination of Urias or Story or on Devers off days, right? You, you'll see some kind of shift there. Uh, I, I just can't believe the deal that we got Reyes on. Yeah. Is it league was, minimum, I think? Yeah, no, league minimum. He was just essentially on the Oakland A's minor league team's bench, which <laughs> is a not real position. I could I could do that, like, you know. <laughs> I, I could literally do that and it would not make a difference in, in what the A's are cooking right now. Uh, but Okay, so then for an all-new uh, segment on the podcast starting right now, I'm going to name five teams. You tell me whether or not you could walk onto that field and play a bench bat for that team. Okay. Okay. Number no. one. Uh, okay. Number two. No. Uh, okay. Uh, number three. What about uh, the Yankees? Um, yeah, okay, I, I could probably make it on the Yankees. I mean, if they're employing, you know, Giancarlo Stan to essentially do nothing, they can employ me. I'll do it for a whole lot less. Are you saying that you play baseball better than Giancarlo Stanton? Yeah. The only reason I couldn't is, um, <laughs> because I would refuse to shave my beard. Like, oh, yeah. I, yeah. I would just take the fine, so I wouldn't even be making any money. All my baseball money would go towards back towards the Yankees for their fines and violations of the beard policy. Yeah. Get over yourself at the Yankees. Yeah. I know. It, it yeah. just feels so dated. I mean, I really can't believe they actually make grown-ass adults <laughs> uh, shave their beards for their jobs. <laughs> like, what, what are we doing here? <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what the Yankees are doing. Nothing. With these unbearded men, they are doing nothing for nobody. There is not a single player. Well, there is one single player on that team that I would take. The rest of them, I think they're getting ready for a DFA hammer. But that's over in New York, and we're over here in Boston. I really, you know, no matter what happens with the Sox this year, it might not be their season. Maybe they make it into wild card. Maybe they even make a little bit of a run. Uh, This team's not winning the World Series. But I will uh, sleep happy at the end of the day. Just knowing that we're better than the Yankees. If the Yankees especially finish under 500 in last place, we're in contention at least near the end. Um, I, I will remember this season probably mostly positively because that's how much I fucking hate the Yankees. And <laughs> I, I think, you know, not enough people embrace the fucking hater in them because hating the Yankees <laughs> is so much fun. I like it. It really is a dual hobby of liking the Red Sox and hating the Yankees for me. Like, and if you can't enjoy hating another team with a burning passion, I I honestly feel bad for you because it is so much fun watching that other team just do fucking terribly, especially when they have nothing to back it up on over the last uh, t- like ten years at this point. Plus now, um, they haven't done shit. I mean, they're finally everything's finally catching up to them. Um, you've seen the Red Sox win multiple times, uh, since then as well. So, mm. um, long-term there's absolutely no way I would want to be the Yankees or a Yankees fan right now. I'd be absolutely embarrassed as they should be. Um, 
And you know what? I, I know uh, I, I really don't think anything's going to change for them either. I don't think they're going to fire Cashman. I don't think they're going to fire Aaron Boone. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, they're not going to really be able to sign too much in the offseason with all the terrible contracts and their farm system. They have a few top 100 guys, but none of them are really that good. Jason Dominguez is a fucking bust. We all know that. Um, <laughs> and nobody else really stands out too, too much. So um, it's not a bright future in New York right now where, um, you know, we can at least see the vision for 24 and 25 for the Red Sox, at least. Like, you know, as much as this season might suck, like, you do like what you see moving forward. Yeah. Is this a Red Sox podcast, or is this an anti-Yankees podcast? Yes. Oh, man. Right after my heart. Uh, Speaking of anti-Yankees, it looks like somebody with the uh, Not Another Sox podcast Twitter went after a few Yankees podcasts. Uh, if I could reference exactly what you said, I think it was, uh, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. Um, did you get any responses from those? <laughs> I did not. Honestly, surprisingly, like, I did not get a single response from that. Also, surprisingly, I didn't get reported for it. Uh, <laughs> but, you yeah. know, it wouldn't even be fun. Like, I love talking shit on the Yankees, but it wouldn't be fun, like, having a Yankees fan on right now. Because, like, we'd be shitting on them, and we'd be like, yeah, I know, I agree. <laughs> like, nobody <laughs> hates the Yankees more than Yankees fans uh, at the current moment, uh, which, which is almost sad. You almost wish they were in a little bit more. Their spirits have been crushed. Uh, you know, they, they keep falling back on 27 rings and Babe Ruth and all that other shit. So uh, yeah. don't feel bad for them whatsoever. You know, uh, they're definitely crying and shitting and pissing their pants. And everybody else in baseball does not feel bad for them for a goddamn second at all. No, and it's a shame because Babe Ruth is irrelevant now that Shohei Otani is the best baseball player to ever exist. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I can talk shit about Babe Ruth because Matt LeBeau's not here. Um, yeah, no, the guy would be fucking terrible if he just uh, played him today. He would see a Brown player throw a slider at uh, 82 miles an hour and swing so hard that um, he would break his back in three different places. So, um, uh, yeah, no, he, he is a total fraud. He killed his wife. We all know this. Um, <laughs> and um, I, I really do think he was kind of mid at the end of the day. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm also doing this just to piss off LeBeau while he's listening. Yeah, well, that's what LeBeau gets for not making it. And for everyone listening, he had a legitimate reason. He yeah. couldn't come to work tonight. Yeah. It's okay. We're wishing him the best. And everyone listening should go onto Twitter right now. Go to our page to None Other Socks podcast and wish LeBeau the best. XOXO Gossip Girl. Hugs and kisses. Do it. If you're listening, go to our Twitter and go tell Matt LeBeau that you love him. You love him so much. Yeah. No, that's fine. Uh, I don't think I'm going to do that. Uh, Well, we don't have to. Yeah. Do wish him the best, obviously. Not going to do that, though. I don't think he would want me to do that. So it's okay. Well, that's a shame, because he's not here. So if you're listening, go to our Twitter and tell him you love him. Oh, uh, but steering steering back to the Red Sox, now that we've gotten our good Yankees hate in. <laughs> yeah. Um, some, of our, some of our pitching reinforcements are back, including Whitlock, who blew a game for us the other night. Yeah. Uh, we've been having personal conversations all year. I think you sell Whitlock for parts. I know you're still a big Whitlock fan. Let's open a dialogue there. Do you yeah. think he's worth? Do you think he's worth it? 
I think you sell him for two good prospects and you bring those guys up. I don't think Whitlock is is worth his time. Um, I definitely want to see him a bit more in the pen. I'm not going to definitely, uh, you know, blow up over one bad uh, outing because he did look really good back in his first outing out on uh, Sunday as well. So, you know, he has a career 245 ERA out of the bullpen career as opposed to over four around even near a five ERA as a starter. So I think that experiment has kind of failed. Uh, his contract is structured so that way he gets more money if he is starting. So if he's still relieving, he's only making $3 million next year. I'll definitely take a chance on that. We took, we took a $3 million chance on Alberto Mondesi, who we knew was hurt. I will take a $3 million chance on a guy that had like an under two ERA two years ago and was still pretty good last season too. So I think, you know, his big concern is injuries. I wouldn't give up on that quite yet. And you know what? We have plenty of prospects in the system. You know, I don't feel like we need to trade guys off at this point. I want to add on to this team, especially for the immediate future in 24 and 25. And if it doesn't work out with him long-term, it's a very low risk type of thing. Um, but I'm not sure who you would get back that would have uh, better potential than Garrett Whitlock. So hopefully he shows that he can be more of the pitcher that he was once he came over from the Yankees in the Rule 5 draft in 21. Um, and even if he's not, you know, we still have a good bullpen. He can always be a back-end uh, guy, especially since he can throw innings as well. So there's a lot of value in that. So uh, I'm definitely not giving up on the guy quite yet. Um Especially, you know, since the farm system is good, if we are, you know, kind of out of it and uh, kind of in a rebuild, then sure, because he does. A lot of teams would take a good chance on him and probably pay a decent amount for a uh, team-controlled pitcher that does have upside. Teams are always looking for that, so uh, I'm just not sure what else you would really get for him uh, that we don't already have for the future or we can't already buy for the future. Yeah. Oh well. On on the contrary, right? I I feel like I've seen Whitlock blow up plenty uh i i feel like i haven't seen too many games where he is the difference between a win or loss so we've definitely seen a few gems from him i i don't know if his if his if he's adding as much to the win column right and it he throws a he's a sinker he's a guy who throws the sinker it based on baseball savant here he's throwing that sinker 52 percent of the time and we have a couple good sinker pitchers already uh I don't know if we need another one. I I mean, maybe we'll agree to disagree on that. I, I love that he's cheap and he has a high ceiling, but I I feel like there are a lot of other guys on the Red Sox who do his job better. Yeah, no, and it's great to have all those guys because you saw so many people get hurt this year, and mm. we really relied on our depth, and I'm not looking to trade too much away from that depth, especially since we don't have too many pitchers in AAA right now either. That's been a real area of uh, – Weakness has kind of been exposed, um, you know, that we had to call up to Nelson Lamette and Kyle Barclaw, kind of a little bit ridiculous. We got unlucky with a lot of injuries, and they're gone now. But um, And Whitlock has been a guy that's been very injured, so I think maybe the bullpen is probably better for him starting. But I, he has had a lot of big games. I mean, he closed out the wild card game for us in 2021. That's how good he was mm. in that season. Uh, so I, there's a lot of upside there, even out of the bullpen last year. I think he had about a 2-3 ERA or something like that. So uh, I, I don't think he's fully healthy this year, which is unfortunate. He hasn't been able to contribute um, as much as his value is. So, um, I, I, like I said, I'm just not ready to give up on that quite yet. Um, I would even, if he has another year like this, then sure. But 
Um, it, it just seems like a low risk type of uh, wager that if you're going over the luxury tax, his money's not even an issue at all. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, something to think about. Probably we'll put it in our poll this week too. What what thoughts are on Garrett Whitlock? Uh, but we'll uh, we'll extend that to the fans for all the people listening. Yeah. And yeah, we'll, we'll post it after we uh, post the episode, give some time people to listen. Um, it's good to have, you know, Hauk back, too. He's looked good in uh, AAA. Uh, he had a four-inning outing the other day where he had only one hit against him, no walks, and a few Ks in there as well. So we'll probably do what Chris Sale's doing and, uh, you know, have his next start being the majors on, like, a 50 or 75-pitch uh, count or something like that, so... Uh, it'll be interesting to see who ends up moving from the rotation. It might be uh, Nick Bavetta or Cutter Crawford at this point, if you are going to have Hauk in that kind of starting role. Um, and, you know, both of those guys have shown that they've been good out there too. So, um, you know, at the end of the day, you might also uh, actually end up with a good bullpen and start in depth, which is kind of crazy to think about. Yeah, I actually think we have better depth now that Caleb Bort is dead. Yeah, I totally forgot about him. Yeah, didn't we all? Because they put him on the IL-60 because he died. Now he's on the IL-60. We've made room for him on the 40-man, and uh, I don't miss Caleb Bort at all. (laughs) I have not missed him in this rotation or this lineup or the bullpen. Nowhere have I missed Caleb Bort's presence because he's dead. Yeah, and you know what? I know Ryan Brazier is doing well in uh, the Dodgers right now, and of course they fixed him because there's no way Miracle that, that Dave Bush could ever fix uh, fix him or you know a few other guys that we have. I, I, I'm glad he's gone. I really it was just so done with it at the end of the day uh, that I I don't care how he's doing in L.A. I know a lot of people like to complain about it. Uh, the the Dodgers just have devil magic where they're able to turn bad <laughs> players into good again. I've just accepted this. <laughs> um, you know, we're so, we're somewhat able to do that. We we've gotten on a few good picks like Pablo Reyes and John Schreiber and um, uh, a few other random guys as well. Like, but you know what? It's okay. Like they they just have uh, voodoo devil magic. Super secret spooky. Like the old old woman in the bogs of New Orleans is like yeah. bubbling around the cauldron, and then the sparks come out, and then Ryan Brazier is boom back down to a sub two ERA. Yeah, that's what they're doing in L.A. That's just what I would think is happening. Yeah. It's the woman at the cauldron. But we're playing L.A. in our upcoming schedule. We have some games against L.A. Obviously, there will be a big uh, Kike reunion. I'm sure guys will be happy to see him. Um, But one of the series I'm probably the most excited to see because L.A. is a good team. I think it's a good matchup for Boston. Uh, With some of the guys coming out, we've seen that the Dodgers are magic particularly what they do with their pitching staff is magic. Do you think that the Boston lineup is is capable of hitting off uh, some of the speed and control guys that the Dodgers have added to their rotation this year? Uh, what jerseys are you wearing? <laughs> uh, oh, that's right. That's right. We have five different colors. Um, yeah. Three, yeah. three at home. So um, if we're in the City Connects, we sweep them. I think that's scientifically proven. Um and without it's the City Connect this year, uh, by the way, we would be under 500. <laughs> like that, that really just puts things in perspective of how powerful the uh, City Connects are. I, I even think we should roll into them in New York this weekend, but that's a different discussion. Um, yeah, <laughs> well, uh, I think that's uh, just Riz. Yeah. 
we will probably record between now and even before when that series starts. So I'm a little bit more worried about the Astros coming to town too, since they're big and scary as well. We're going to need the uh, yellow jersey voodoo magic on our end again. Uh, so that that's our version of it uh, against uh, as opposed to the Dodgers fixing players. We we just use the cheat code like ultra boost like plus ten every stat by wearing uh, the yellow jersey. So. Um, I, I never want to see the home whites again. Yeah, you see the, the Sims gnome outside the dugout, right? And you go talk to him and you, like, put in the cheat code and it's all strikes. Yeah. And I'm looking at the picture you sent me of the jerseys and what our records have been in them. Only in the City Connect, the Yellow Sox jerseys, have we won more than we've lost. Um, the one I sent you was a little outdated. I miscounted the first time. So, mm-hmm. uh, I think there's one other jersey that we actually have a winning record in. Um, yeah, we have a winning record in the home reds. So, I like those ones as too. I like those ones too. Mm-hmm. I've always been a fan of the home reds. I think it's, we're the Red Sox. We should Classic. wear red jerseys. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. the City Connect jerseys are, are magic. At least with the picture I'm looking at. We're eleven and two in the City Connect jerseys. That's an yeah. unbelievable win percentage. It's like twenty four and five or some shit all time as well. So like since like we are the very first team to get a City Connect, and I think it's benefited us the most out of everybody else, like to an insane amount. And last year when we had gone into New York, we went to the MLB store, and all of these Xander Bogart City Connect jerseys were on sale. Didn't have his name on it, just the number two. So. I mean, call it capital gains when I tell you that I now have a Justin Turner City Connect jersey. <laughs> yep, yeah. Almost a good thing that we didn't re-sign Bogarts at this point now that uh, Trevor Story's back as well. Um, and it's nice having a real shortstop. Uh, finally, a guy that can actually play there defensively. That's been a little up and down. Uh, you know, he's. Uh, I think a lot of people were kind of freaking out about it at first, which is also dumb because (laughs) he just got back. It's fine. You know, he's going to adjust a little bit at the major leagues, had a big day, and then he kind of went over in D.C. as well. Uh, But it's just nice having somebody who can play shortstop and uh, not throw a ball into the camera well um, and not look like a fucking dickhead out there. So I'm just very happy with it. I think he uh, he got a standing ovation on his first day back, right? Because we knew in Boston that's where we were hurting was the middle infield. And you can put guys there all you want, but they all had a fatal flaw. Like Yu Chang couldn't swing the bat, right? Christian Arroyo couldn't swing the bat. Uh, Reyes could swing the bat, but he can only play one side of the keystone every night. It's so relieving having a full-time middle infielder playing middle infield. What a concept. Incredibly brave. It's almost like when you go into a season with Kike Hernandez, who didn't even play shortstop in spring because he was in the WBC. Yu <laughs> um, Chang, who we know couldn't hit, um, and Bobby Dahlbeck as your shortstop. Uh, yes. He did play shortstop like the second week of the season, by the way. That just really goes to show you everything that you need to know. Um, yeah. So it's nice having that back. Um, I think he has the shortstop job next year, too. Uh, Story, just not Dahlbeck. Yeah, not Dahlbeck. Story, not Dahlbeck, his shortstop. <laughs> Maybe not be Dahlbeck for uh, the Oakland Athletics. Uh, and I hope he does find a job somewhere. I I was almost hoping we'd trade him at the deadline just for his sake. I'm sure he came up in a lot of conversations 
we were like, quick, take him before I change my mind. Yeah, you're getting a great deal. Just take Bobby Dahlbeck, and I'll take uh, who, whoever this guy is. Uh, Mike Truck? <laughs> uh, I'm going to say that oh, one. Trout, Trout. Oh, Trout, okay. I was going to say Mike Truck is definitely a fake baseball name. No, it's real. Uh, yeah. Um, what are some of the uh, – we'll play it next time, I guess. Right, we'll play a, a swarming round of real baseball name, fake baseball name. I, I think that's a good off-season one. Unless if the team's really shit and we just don't even want to fucking talk about them, <laughs> which is also very possible with their uh, upcoming schedule uh, for the rest of the season, minus the Yankees, who are uh, just a garbage team. Yeah, but, poverty franchise. Yeah, and they, they don't they they don't matter at all. Um, just absolute poverty. But other than that, you know. Very well could be an uphill battle. We only went six and four against the Royals, Tigers, and Nationals, which uh, you were hoped you could even go like eight and two and make up some ground. Think it feels like you know every time we win, the Blue Jays win, and every time we lose, the Blue Jays also lose. So we've kind of been in that two and a half, three and a half game fucking purgatory all season. It's been insanity. Seeing like we're in it, we're in it, and then like we're just not there. It's like. When you're trying to run in a dream and your <laughs> legs just don't move, and you know you're all of a sudden you're in gelatin and every you're like, what is happening? That's kind of <laughs> where like this team has felt in the standings all year. Like, oh, we're in last place, we're above 500. This is just a fucking fever dream, and it is so tiring. I, like th- this team is going to finish two or three games out at the end of September, really, like 84 and 78, and. We're going to not know anything more than we knew on March 31st as we did on September 28th. <laughs> it, it's just such a weird, it's over, we're back season, and I'm so tired of it already. <laughs> uh, it's Yeah, it's tough. It's a tough, tough day to be a baseball player, you know, professionally for a ton of money. Yeah. I can't believe, I can't believe how they do it. Yeah, and, and we, all that you need to do is not be a pedophile, and you get all that money. Brave, brave, yeah. brave if true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We can't always rely on uh, home runs hitting the outfield lights on the monster to save us. <laughs> yeah, uh, the yeah, the only reason we won that game, and that was the black voodoo magic of the City Connectors, is we don't win that game if we're not wearing them. Uh, yeah. Ooh, and, you know, that happened, I think, literally the day after we recorded, too, so, like, almost you almost forget it about it at this point, but, yeah, that that game was uh, probably the first time all season it felt like we caught a fucking break. <laughs> well, yeah, and who caught the fucking break was uh, the light on the green monster. Not even one of the players. Yeah. Yeah. Masa also should have caught that ball. I don't think his defense is as bad as some of the numbers make it out to be, but, like, it's still in front of the monster, essentially. Like, you you could have caught it, but uh, thank, yeah. thank God that, you know, we um, did the one in a million right there as well. Yeah. Are you excited that people aren't watching us do the podcast because of how you're picking your nose right now, or? No, I'm picking my butthole. <laughs> yeah, I got some dingleberries in there. Oh, man, dude. This yeah, I don't is... know why you're just making stuff up, but, Yeah. You're right. I, to everyone listening, I was lying. He wasn't picking his nose. He was picking his uh, his butt. Yeah, I was picking my butt. It's all stinky yeah. now. 
All right. Ah, yucky. <laughs> Ew. Yucky. Ew. Yucky. Oh. All right. That's enough out of you. I'm gonna DFA you from the from yeah. the video call. Yeah, that, that's a three game suspension from the podcast. Okay. Uh, that's, yeah, that's how I feel about this team. Just eat poop. Yeah, big old bowl of poopy. Um, yeah. But. So we we definitely wanted to talk about this tonight. Who's taking a taking a couple games off, taking a break, right? You said three game suspension. That's how we're getting into this segment. But yeah, um, but Jaron Duran has taken a couple games off. Uh, he cited for his mental health. Um, I love love that baseball players now have opportunities to take rest days just because the pressure of of playing in in the lights and and with thousands of fans coming to see you. Jaron Duran's taking some time off. How do you feel about that? Yeah, no, I mean, anytime a player needs to, uh, obviously the best thing for them um, is uh, to, you know, get the help that they need, take some time away from the game. Like, you know, kind of like we were saying earlier, um, uh, you know, it's still a fucking baseball game whenever there's something serious happening, happening like that. Obviously it's the utmost important above everything else. Um, So, Glad he's able to, you know, talk about it openly because it sounded like, you know, for the first, when he first came up in Boston, really did struggle. Uh, you know, it got to him a lot. He didn't really talk about it, but now a lot of, all the fans have his back. Uh, we know the type of player that he is and, you know, it, it's hard. I get, I, I get anxiety calling the, on the phone sometimes. I can't imagine, uh, doing badly at my job in front of, you know, like, 40,000 people and millions of watching on TV. That's a lot of pressure. No matter how much money you're doing or if that's your dream to play, like that, that only amplifies a lot of those feelings a lot of times, I'm sure. I can't even imagine. So, uh, glad he's able to, you know, help it off. He was able to come off the bench today and get a uh, nice double in the ninth. Unfortunately, we weren't able to score him, but, um, I think, you know, he'll, uh, do okay. And I think, you know, him talking about it and being open, um, helps him out and you know whatever we can do as fans to make sure he feels encouraged and you know um not having to have these types of feelings you know um i'm sure it would uh, mean a lot to him so we're we're wishing him the best yeah absolutely and jaron durant is a guy who's making a difference right he's a nightmare on the base paths i mean he's you've seen him cross home a few times just because he runs so quick from third no. He runs fast, like in in uh, the Incredibles movie, right, where he videotaped the kid putting a tack on his chair, and he goes, right there, he moved. That's how I feel about Jaron Duran. Um, and then yeah. on top of his performance as a baseball player and being under the lights and in the stadiums and with the crowds, now they've started putting microphones on guys. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. I would not want to have that happen in my job at all. They're over here like, are you nervous? And like, no. And they're like, sick. Uh, we're just going to stick this quick little microphone here, and we're going to ask you, how's your home life? Yeah. How do you feel playing next to players so good every day? Do you feel good? Do you feel good, you silly, silly little baseball player? Yeah. Do you ever get nervous? <laughs> are you high right now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jaron Duran. Uh, wishing him the best. Wishing him the best. He's crossing home plate a lot for the Red Sox this year. I think he's a great player, and, and I think him talking about taking time off, it's a great step. I, I love that. Yeah. Love that he's taking time off to 
set himself right so he can come back to the field and, and contribute to the team? Uh, no, he, he'll. Uh, I, I'm not worried about him. I know he's been in a slump the last uh, probably even a few weeks now. Uh, same with a lot of guys on the team right now, unfortunately. And you know when he's doing well? Um, I think the whole team clicks. He adds just a lot of spark uh, at the top of our lineup, and I still think he's going to be that type of guy. So uh, I want to make sure he's right. You know, it's hard to play baseball when you're sad. It's hard to do anything when you're sad. Uh, I don't even want to, like, fucking brush my teeth or shower, so I can't imagine doing all that. Um, yeah, especially because you've been eating all that poop. You should probably brush your teeth. Yeah, no, I, I like the stank. Um <laughs> So wishing him the best, um, and, uh, you know, we, we know he's going to make it through this tough time and uh, uh, contribute more to the Red Sox moving forward, too. Yeah, and you know who's a guy who's been really big on that, too, was former Red Sox player, uh, Daniel Bard, right? A, a very, it's clinical, a clinical case of the yips, practically career-ending. Took the time to figure himself out, get a breath, and it took him a little while to get back, but... Daniel Bard got his stuff back, and he's been working as a closer, and he's had a few bumps in the road, but he talks about his mental health and playing the game all the time. Yeah, no, and he, he got to have a nice moment back at Fenway this year. Uh, fans treat, uh, recepted him well, and he, I think he ended up actually getting a win in uh, extra innings um, because I know the Rockies swept us, so, but I think he uh, came into like the bottom of the ninth game tied, and they scored the next inning, so definitely good for him. Um, uh, I'm sure, you know, Daniel Bard's a guy that would even reach out to a guy, you know, no matter what the team is, just to help him out. Uh, very nice. Um, at the end of the day, uh, you know, baseball doesn't really matter as much as that. anything else going on. Like that. Being alive, yeah. yeah. Or pedophilia. <laughs> wow, two ends of the spectrum. <laughs> We're definitely reaching reaching the end of the episode, Mark. Um, I think I think a great thing to touch on as we're closing out here is we've seen Boston be really warm and really receptive to a lot of people coming in this year. Um, it was nice to see Daniel Bard when he came to Boston. Um, I'm sure, uh, I mean, when Trevor's story came back, he got a ton of attention because we were excited to see him. Um, TK, too, I'm sure there will be excitement to see him. Uh, but the way Boston treats uh, the people that we recognize as the greats um, has has really lit me up. In particular, uh, we saw Miguel Cabrera's last last at bat at Fenway last week, and crowds were on their feet thanking him for for the years and years of baseball he put in. Um, Chris Sale, you know, made it a point to shake his hand and, and talk about this the year or uh, the career that he's had as a baseball player, and of course everyone else. Um, I know you've been to a few big final games in your time at Fenway. You saw Cabrera and, and um, who are the other guys that you saw? Do you think Boston reacted to them just as warmly? Yeah, no, uh, Miguel Cabrera's was uh, definitely the most like, this is the send off. Um, Cause the other two I'll get to in a second, but like, you know, you weren't sure if he was going to get a bet, uh, get to bat again. Um, but uh, he was able to in the ninth and, you know, very nice standing ovation. Boston, obviously, knows a lot of its history, and sometimes we are assholes to other people, too, so I don't want to give the impression that, you know, we're, like, the best, most loyal fan base, because there are a lot of fucking turds out there, um, <laughs> but, you know, the the true baseball fans out there recognize that was a special moment, and um, uh, glad that we were able to give them that proper send-off. 
the other two guys I've seen their last career games at Fenway, uh, Albert Pujols and uh, David Ortiz. Um, the Albert Pujols one uh, was a uh, almost a little bit more awkward just because uh, he got pinch hit for in the ninth inning because it was a bit of a closer game. He went 0 for 3 with three strikeouts, and everybody knew it was going to be his last game, but, you know, like, ninth inning, it's just like, pinch hitting for Albert Pujols, Randall Gritchick, or some shit like that. (laughs) So it was so sad that, you know, he wasn't able to get that same reception, uh, especially since he was such good friends with Dave Ortiz and uh, played in a World Series here at Fenway Park in 2004, and uh, 2013 as well, he got to play in two World Series uh, in front of the fans. Uh, so I know it means uh, would have meant a lot to him. Uh, and then David Ortiz's was a bit interesting as well because uh, that was a playoff game where uh, in that series mm-hmm. we got swept by the uh, uh, Cleveland baseball team. Not, no longer uh, – it wasn't the Guardians at the time, but uh, we knew it could be his last game. You were hoping it wasn't. Uh, he got mm-hmm. pitched, ran for um, – late in the game when, you know, it, it was a bit close and we didn't end up winning. And he had that really great special moment, like, right on the mound, tipping his cap to the fans and everything. That was unbelievable. That's something I'm never going to forget in my entire life. And, you know, it sucks the Red Sox got swept, uh, but that was still a really cool moment, um, one that, you know, I'm going to tell my grandkids or at least my grand dogs about um, one day. <laughs> so all three – Easy Hall of Famers. Um, David Ortiz already in there. Albert Pujols will be in there within the next four years. Same with Miggy. All all of them should be first rounders. And honestly, with uh, the other two guys, uh, should be a hundred percent too. Uh, so mm. re- really good that um, he was able to do that. I'm not always a big fan of you know the send off tours nowadays. And mm. I like that we didn't go over the top like it was with Derek Jeter, Mariano Rivera, and even Poppy to a degree. They did the whole gifts thing. Uh, but with Mickey, it's like, okay, like, you know, we know it's your last year. Uh, here's like the number 24 at Fenway, which is always a very, you know, nice touch to give players. Uh, but it didn't really feel like, you know, there's a whole fucking tour around it, which we, we don't need in for most people. It's okay. Like, we, we we can, you know, give them a round of applause. We don't need a whole pregame ceremony, um, you know, tribute videos every single time. It, it's fine. Yeah, we don't need to give them the, the farewell tour, as every musician has done with all of their music ever. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, uh, Miggy is, is a great player. He's done a ton for the game, and there is a level of respect shown to him that I think he's earned. I think he deserves... Um, and that's just, you know, that's just Miguel Cabrera in his time at Fenway, right? Albert Pujols is he's a Hall of Famer. 700 home runs. How many guys have done that in the history of ever, right? A handful. So, and David Ortiz, of course, is a hometown favorite. He is already in the Hall of Fame, and he represents uh, the Boston Red Sox everywhere he goes. He could not be more grateful to be a member of that team. And, and I just love the way he, he represents the Red Sox in his everyday life. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, childhood favorite, I think, of like everybody that's probably listening to the show. How can you not like David Ortiz? So, uh, And if you don't, you're a giant nerd bitch. Those are the rules. I don't make the rules. Yeah, I just, them's the rules. Them's is the rules. Yeah. Um, well, buddy, it's it's been a successful uh, successful little stint here. I'm glad we had a chance to do one-on-one, and I hope yeah. we'll get to see LeBeau back here soon. Yeah, no, um, happy birthday to him or something. I don't know. Uh, 
Uh, hopefully next time we'll have him on. Um, did want to make sure that we at least got an episode out this week. Um, so, uh, hopefully by the time, you know, we're, uh, planning or uh, recording again next week, we'll have already swept the Yankees, um, which is just essentially bound to happen. But, um, uh, and then, you know, we'll worry about the impending doom app after that. Yeah. One day at a time. Um, yeah. But we'll sign it off here. Uh, the only thing left to say is, okay, I love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Okay, no, I love you. No, okay. No, I love you. Okay, I love you, but no, I love you. Okay.